Hey, whoa, hey, yo, 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 man, it's your boy Mind Lot, man, checking back in from another episode of the Bet on Yourself podcast. Welcome back, family. We back. We here. I promise to never leave y'all this long without another crazy pod. But hey, I've been super busy, y'all. I'm sorry. I've been so busy, man. God has been moving in my life, opening doors, giving me opportunities, man, that I earned and worked for. So things have been on the up and up. I've just been trying to find more ways to monetize this content and find more ways to get it out in an effective manner. We're going to do that. I'm telling you, we're going to do that moving forward. Now, before we take any other step, I must say, first off, because this is the first show since the George Floyd situation, I want to say how proud of my people I am. I'm proud of how we are stepping up and how we're stepping out into the community trying to affect change enough is enough we all knew what's going on we all know we all been knew what's going on for, for people who are just now figuring out about the ingest of black and slain individuals at the hands of the police i'm sorry that you're just now figuring out about this fight but this is a lifelong fight and i really didn't know how i was going to approach this today but i just want to say that i'm proud of my people I'm proud of the way that we've organized and been able to come together on the national stage. All 50 states have been protests because the unjust is seen on the national stage now. OK, not just black people know, white people know, uh, brown people know, everybody knows, you know, it's inhumane, period. So you should want to stand up for another human being that's receiving inhumane treatment at the end of the day. That's what this thing has come down to. OK, and it just can't stop at the protest. We have to get out and vote. Not on the national stage, but on the local stage. Okay? You want to see change in your community, affect your community, vote in your community. That's how we're going to see change. The president's race is huge, but you're going to see change in, with, your, with your leaders in your community, your city councilmen, your school board members, your, your judges. That's how we're going to win. You got to buy back the block, baby, and educate ourselves, man. Please educate ourselves, man. Read, 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 read. I'm not going to harp on y'all or preach to y'all today, but I just had to tap in with y'all and let y'all know I'm proud of us. Let's keep fighting. Okay, let's keep fighting because this thing won't stop. But man, let's jump into it, man. Happy Father's Day as well, man. Shout out to all the major fathers out there in every community, man. Everybody, every man who is making sure that he's in place and in his role and serving his role and present. Like shout out to my OG Prime. You don't have you don't have to be there 150% of the time, but you got to be present. You got to be present. You don't have to be perfect, but you got to be present. And shout out to my pops for being present, man. My OG, man, for holding me down. Always taking in all my homeboys. Hey, and y'all already know all my guys who listening to this. We don't put pops through some mess now. But pops done came now every time. And it's a beautiful thing for me as a, as a black man. Like the really, you know, we get a, we get a bad, you know, a, a bad stereotype that, you know, black fathers are not always present. So I'm, I'm going to stand up on mine. Like my pops was present. He was there. And every time every, At the lowest of points in my life He's been there too You know When no, when it's been no one else Not even my mama But he's been there I'm telling you So shout out to my pops man Happy Father's Day to OG To my OG man Big Lotto man But let's get into it man So let's jump right in man Y'all know I like to start off the show Talking about some of the motivational topics man Some of the things that That I'm growing and going through That when I'm along my journey I just like to share So check this out man The first thing I wanted to talk about Is adaptation and how important it is to adapt to any of the circumstances that you're working under. No matter what's going on, whether it's positive, the highs, the lows, whatever's going on within the process, it can affect your bottom line. Because one thing that I've learned about working in this industry, whether it's the media industry or whatever thing, whatever field that you're working in out here, this is a production based field. OK, what can you do for me lately? Can you produce? 
They really don't want to hear about the emotions of the situation or whatever you're going through on a personal standpoint. But can you produce the product? Can you follow through with what I'm asking you to do regardless? And that's how you win. You know, you got to you got to come at it with a cerebral approach like, OK, let me put all of my personal stuff to the side and let me just produce. You feel me? Because this 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 world and I will say like the business aspect of it, like it's, it's not a lot of feelings, not a lot of room for feelings, you know? Everybody, everybody are bottom line workers Everybody got problems You know so How can you Handle your problems Cope with them But still produce And, and follow through And finishing your product You know what I'm saying So that, that's that's what I'm talking about when I, when, I, when I talk about adaptation Adapting to whatever circumstances Around you And still following through With 150% effort You know The next thing I wanted to talk about Is decision making under pressure Which is something that I gotta do A lot of the times So it's like It's crazy because You can't let the magnitude Of the moment swallow you you gotta understand that like you know i still have to think logically this moment can't too can't be too big for me but i also have to make the right decision so a lot of times what i like to do is separate logic from emotion and take my my feelings out of a, a decision before i make it shout out to prime for that because you can never make good decisions consistently with off off emotion you can't make consistent decisions consistent decisions off emotion you can't that's just how it goes and you have to slow down take a deep breath and think things through you know and the last thing I wanted to talk about, I've been getting a lot of DMs like, bro, man, how you, you know, how'd you get here? How'd you, you know, how do I do this? How do I do that? How do I do this? And, and it's like, it's something that I didn't used to understand either because I used to ask people those same questions, but there's no set answer on the road to success. Okay. But the one thing that I can give you, because I don't already give you consistency, I always say consistency, but the next thing I can give you is commitment. You have to be committed to whatever it is that you're trying to be successful in, whether it's a, a the, the industry that you're working in or whether it's a, a brand or a business that you have on your personal side. You have to be committed to the vision of, of that set business succeeding. You got to be committed. You can't be halfway in 50 50 one day feeling it one day. You're not. You got to be all in with it. The highs, the lows, the losses and the wins. You got to be all in and committed to the vision. So that's that. I just want to give you all a few, you know, real words around every show. Y'all know how we kick it. So moving right along, man, we're going to jump right into this week's Blast from the Past segment where we always pay homage to one of the younger OGs of one of our former generation. Okay, so check this out, man. This week's Blast from the Past comes from the hardwood, the NBA. So shout out to Spencer Haywood. Spencer Haywood, a lot will tell us who that is. I'm glad you asked. 6'8 Power 4 out of Silver City, Mississippi. Now, I know you're probably thinking like, man, who is Spencer Haywood and what is the importance to this podcast? But I'll tell you, okay, in 1970, he was the main focal point player in a case against the NBA that allowed undergraduate players to compete in the league. Okay, so it used to be you used to have three years of college before you could even go pro. Okay, and you couldn't go pro. You know how guys are going overseas and doing all that stuff. You couldn't do that. OK, but at the same time, they had the ABA League, which was also a basketball association similar to the NBA. But it had a lot of superstars playing in it at the time. OK, so let me let me back over to Mr. Haywood. So let me jump back into into his bio and give you a little bit about him. OK, so Spencer, like I say, he was from Mississippi. He transferred to Detroit to go stay with his brother. 
Okay, so he was living up in Detroit. He took that team to win the state championship his high school senior year, but he didn't have a lot of offers. So he spent a year at Trinidad State Junior College in Colorado. Now, this man was up there scoring 28 points a game and 22 rebounds a game. That's completely nuts. That was that was what he was known for. His crazy tenacity on the boards. He was ridiculous. So in 1968, he transferred to the University of Detroit. He was a D1 player. And then they like, man, we got to get this guy. And as a sophomore, as a sophomore now, he led the nation in 68-69, scoring 32 points per game and 21 rebounds per game. He led the nation in rebounding again. So he's like, after two years now, which it, which in today's time is nothing. It's two years is staying too long because they only they only need to see you one year before you draft it now. But check this out. After two years, he decided that he got enough for the, the, the NCAA level and he couldn't get any more from the game. So he decided to join the ABA. Okay, so he signed with the Denver Rockets straight out of college because, you, like I told you, you couldn't join the NBA. Okay, so you thought he was going crazy in the in the league. Just wait till you get to the ABA. He went stupid. In his first ABA season in 1969, he averaged 30 points per game and a whopping 19.5 rebounds per game, which became the ABA all time record. That's crazy, right? Peep this. He became the first person to win rookie of the year and most valuable player in the same season. So this will equivalently be his junior season of college when he went crazy against all professionals in the ABA. So let's fast forward to the 1970 season. In 1970, he wanted to make another jump again and join the NBA. But here's what here was the issue. You could not join the NBA until your graduating class joined the NBA. So he could he he was trying to move during that season before his graduating class even competed. So the NBA sued the Seattle uh, Supersonics. The Seattle Supersonics took a limb out and they went ahead and signed them. They signed them fresh from the ABA. All of the other NBA teams were pissed off. They were like, man, you can't do that. You can't do that. Took him to court. He ended up, the judges ruling in his favor and he won the case, which allowed underclassmen to start going straight to the NBA without the three years of eligibility. So that's just a little fast forward, a little blast from the past, Spencer Haywood. And let me read off to you his overall accomplishments. Because when he, even when he got to the NBA, he went crazy, averaging 20 points for five consecutive seasons. And one season in 1972-73, he was league MVP and averaged 29.2 points a game along with all NBA first team. You feel me? Became an NBA champion in 1980, most valuable player in 1971. Four-time NBA All-Star 1971-75, through two-time uh, All-NBA First Team Rookie of the Year, ABA Rookie ABA rookie of the Year in 1970, and All-NBA Second Team in 74 and 75. His illustrious number 24 was retired by the Seattle Supersonics, and he was a consistent All-American in both years in JUCO and his only one year at Detroit. So shout out to uh, my boy Spencer Haywood, live from the SIP, Mississippi, this week's blast from the past. Y'all make sure y'all go check it out. I got the link that I'm going to drop in the description. Spencer Haywood, give him his flowers while he's still here, straight up. Right along, man, the NBA has just announced that they're deciding to, they're looking at what? July 31st, and my birthday is July 30th now, so this is an early birthday present. But July 31st, they want to bring back the league, and basketball is back. They're going to finish up the regular season so they can uh, have the final playoff spot set. And they're going to go in an AAU-style playoff format, one from Vegas, one from Orlando, Wild World of Sports, Disney Wild World of Sports, so y'all know how I go, AAU-circuit style, and they're going to duke it out. And I won't lie to you, man, I'm, I'm excited. 
I'm excited. I'm ready for them to return to play. This was an excellent season that was going on so far, and I'm ready for them to finish it. Let's see who comes out on top at MVP. You got LeBron, you got Giannis, you got Kawhi, all been playing at a high level right now. I'm, and I'm ready for these guys to finish it, man. Let's let's finish it. Let's get out there and finish it. There's been a lot of guys out there, Kyrie Irving, Dwight Howard, Steven Jackson, a lot of guys advocating for the NBA not to return. But to me, I really don't think that's a good idea. Let's go ahead and finish it out. You know, it's a lot of people's jobs, even on a smaller level, the people who work for the teams at stake. A lot of people losing money behind this. And I know it's not always about the money. It's not. But when the millionaires are not the only ones who are losing out on it, the middle class, but people who are in positions for those teams, let's make sure everybody continues to eat. Because I'll tell you this, injustice against black people didn't just start overnight. Or even after the George Floyd situation, I'm sorry to say that. It's been a oppressing issue. If anything, let's use these players' platforms with sports back to bolster this issue and only drive it home more. That it has to stop and something has to change. Okay? Let's not act like this thing is all of a sudden a new issue or something in your, in your society. This has been an issue of oppressing, of oppressing us. But I'm not going to continue to harp on that. But hoops is back in my opinion. I, I, need, I, I need the basketball product back up and running. And let's use these players to, to use the platform and bolster the message. Let's continue to push it. Staying on par with that, man. We got a lot, a lot, a lot of high school D1 recruits now getting uh, scholarship offers from HBCUs. And the conversation is now being ar arised again. Like, why, why are none of the top guys staying home and going, going HBCU route? I say, shoot, to me, I think it's a great idea because you look at it like this. You look at a lot of the top guys, you take away uh, LaMelo Ball because LaMelo was a, a, a nice, noticeable face while he was overseas. But for the most part, when these American prospects go overseas to play, we don't hear or see from them for a whole year. Brandon Jennings of the world, uh, Terrence Ferguson's of the world, RJ Hampton. We didn't hear about these guys when they were overseas, man. Why not go to HBCU and have more stardom in the States? Why not go be with your people for a year? You're doing the same thing to these bigger uh, PWI universities. It's a six-month rental. They're renting your services, your likeness that you're not getting paid for. You're profiting, pouring money back into another community. Why not go pour it back into your own with an HBCU? I think it's a win-win to me. But let's move on, man. On today's NBA topic, man, I got a real good list that I compiled for y'all. And I want this to be something that if y'all think that I'm wrong about any anything on this list, check in with me and call in on the show this week because I got the call-in show coming back this week. So tap in. So I got the top 15 NBA players under the age of 25. Okay? Now, And let me tell you, when I compiled this list, it's a little bit of who would you take if you're starting a franchise? Who is who has been producing and who has the production and your eye test. And but this is just my personal list. This doesn't make make the list 100 percent right or it doesn't make it wrong. But if you got anything wrong with it, call into the show and let me know. You feel me? Let me know how you feeling about this. So check this out. At number one, at 21 years of age, I got Luka Doncic. OK, Dallas Mavericks, uh, shooting guard, uh, small forward, point forward, whatever you want to call them. 28 points per game, nine and a half assists per game, almost nine rebounds per game. He's almost averaging a triple-double with 30 points per game. You can't overlook that at the age of 21. He's a pro. He's going to be here for a long time. Next up at number two, give me Jason Tatum. 22 years of age, 25 points per game, seven rebounds, and three assists. I love Tatum. 
I think Tatum has the ability to be one of the best scorers in this game. It's crazy. It's crazy that he's almost averaging 26 points per, and he's still sharing the rock with Jalen Brown and Kemba Walker, who's also pushing 20 points per game as well. Uh, at number three, I got Carl Towns. Big time locomotive seven footer. Like I told my cousin, I was having a conversation with him about him. He's a seven footer who can do it all. Uh, paint beast. He can stretch it out to the three pick and pop guy. He can also be a rim protector. Uh, 24 points per game. Excuse me. He's 24 years of age. 26 points per game. Almost 27 points out there in Minnesota with nobody to help him. Shout out to D'Angelo Russell, who's now there to save the day. But 26 points per game, 10 rebounds per game, and five assists. Big man who could pass in there with sweet hands. I like Carl Towns at three. At number four, give me Ben Simmons. Okay, 23 years of age and probably has the most upside on this list. If anything, like I was having a conversation with my boy Paul, if anything, he could be one of the best passers in, in NBA history. That That's at worst where he'll go down at, at 6'10 as a point forward. Because I had him low on this list, but then I had to look at it like if I was drafting a franchise, who wouldn't want a 6'10 point guard who can pass dunk he can't shoot just yet but has elite touch around the rim averaging 17 points per game eight rebounds nine assists effortless effortlessly still get nine assists he could just get out the bed and do that okay at number five zion williamson 19 years of age very small sample size guys but i just i don't know how i could leave him on the list saying that i would take other guys ahead of him you see what i'm saying i would take those four guys above him just off a little bit of longevity. They've shown me that they can do it for more than one year. They've shown me that they're steady growing. Only reason why Zion's at five because he's a health concern. But with a bit of with a bigger sample size, he'll he'll definitely be on this list and higher up. So let's let's go here. At number five, Zion Williamson, 19 years of age. And in only 22 minutes, he was averaging 24 points per game, seven rebounds, and two assists. So, like I said, very small sample size. We don't even know what or who he's gonna be yet. At number six, give me Donovan Mitchell, 23 years of age, 25 points per game, five rebounds and four assists. A very slight memory of Dwayne Wade with Donovan Mitchell for me. Elite scorer, can get off the ground, and is a better shooter than D-Wade too, but I think Wade had a little bit more on the defensive end. But hey, you got to respect Donovan Mitchell. They've been in the playoffs three straight, three straight years. Him and Rudy Gobert, they have a tough team out there. I don't know if they need one more person or if he can push them over the finish line, but... Donovan Mitchell at six. At number seven, give me Trey Young, 21 years of age, second year in the league. This is this kid is going to be special. We already know that. Averaging 29 this year. They're terrible, but he was averaging 29, nine and five. Nine assists and five boards. Trey Young is crazy. He's a sniper from deep. Very Steph Curry like, but a better handle to me. I know that I know that may piss a lot of people off, but I, I like his handle over Curry's. Moving forward. Okay, at number eight, give me Devin Booker. At just 23 years of age, it seems like he's been a pro for such a long time out there in Phoenix. And they've been terrible, but he's consistently been good. And uh, guys have, were harping me because I had him this high on the list. But I just, I love Devin Booker. 27 points a game, almost seven assists per game, five rebounds. I love D-Book. I just feel like he needs to get out of Phoenix because they're wasting his prime. I mean, he's not even close to his prime, though. He's only 23. This was crazy. Okay, at number nine, give me John Morant. I think John Moran is a beast. He's trending to be one of the best point guards in the game. I love his his fervor, the, the, ten, the tenacity that he plays the game with. He reminds me of a more saucier Westbrook to me. Westbrook with more sauce. You know what I'm saying? Uh, at number 10, give me D'Angelo Russell, 24 years of age. 
D'Angelo is just one of those up and down guys. He's can show he's showing you that he can give you 30 to 40 points per night if he if he wants. You know, if he just if he just can be that consistent to put it together on a nightly basis. But we'll see what he does out there with Cat. Uh, everybody was saying that him and Cat wanted to get together and run. I think they're gonna have an opportunity to be pretty good down the line. So I like D'Angelo Russell at 10. At 11, give me Brandon Ingram. Okay. Brandon Ingram was once looked at to be one of the best sidekicks for LeBron them, but they decided to ship him out. I mean, looking back on that, I would kind of much rather keep him other than Kuz. That would have been crazy. An Anthony Davis, Brandon Ingram, LeBron trio. But hey, we're neither here nor there. But I got Brandon Ingram at 11. At 12, give me De'Aaron Fox. I love De'Aaron Fox, change of pace guard. And I had a conversation on Twitter today about who was better, Ja Morant or De'Aaron. I love De'Aaron, but I think Ja is much better. I think it's a gap between those guys. Now, hey, I may be wrong. I may be wrong, y'all. I may be wrong. But just off the eye test of what he was able to do in year one, I like Ja over him. At number 13, give me Christoph Porzingis, okay? A very quiet guy. He's been hurt a little bit, but hobbled. But he's shown, when healthy, a 20-plus point scorer and 12-rebound guy who can get you that every night. If he ever figures it out, and soon when I mean figure it out, him and Luka is going to be one of the best duos in the league, period, period. At number 13, give me Bam Adebayo. Um, first year uh, All-Star guy. He's, I think he's in his third or fourth year. Change of pace guy, can dribble. Uh, you're small, big, somewhat in the Draymond category with more athleticism, taller, can find his own bucket, can score around the rim. I like his physicality, and he can jump out of the gym, and he blocks shots. I mean, it's, it's nothing that Bam doesn't do. Uh, a friend of mine had to really remind me again that he's a five-tool player, can do it all. So, you got to put Bam on the list. And last but not least, give me Shy Giltress Alexander. Shay Giltress Alexander at, at spot 14, 15. This guy's a beast, man. Um, This year he averaged 19 points, eight boards, and five assists. Like, I mean, I, I, I like Shay. He's a smooth, silky scorer. I said this in the trade when they originally traded Paul George that I knew Oklahoma City would love getting that piece back in return because this kid is going to be one of those guys. At 6'7", he can't really even shoot it yet. He just scores with that much ease, and he plays. I love the pace that the uh, shot plays with. plays with excellent pace to be this young in the league, man. So I, I really like where his game is trending, moving ahead. And, and he has the best point guard ever in my opinion chris paul training him out there in okc so he gonna be all right moving forward y'all keep it locked right here finishing up on the nfl this for this week's show man i want to leave off with the top five nfl trios of this upcoming year now i got on this because i was thinking and oh i'm, I'm, I'm tripping y'all i say that after this but okay i got on that because when we was kicking it with a beat them we got to talking about the Killer Bees, how they had Le'Veon Bell, Antonio Brown, and Big Ben. And that trio was one of the best offensive trios in NFL history, period, as far as stockpiling yards, touchdowns, and wins. They were crazy together. And their time got kind of ran short. You know what I'm saying? So that made me to think, okay, so what are the top three offensive weapons on each team in the league, and what is the top five? So let me run y'all my five, and then y'all can give me rebuttal on the, on the call-in show as well. But check this out. At number one, I'm going to give it to Kansas City at Patrick Mahomes at QB, Tyreek Hill at receiver, and Travis Kelsey at tight end. Now, it don't have to be a running back, quarterback, receiver combo. It can, it can, it can mix and match. So that's why I got it at one. At two, give me Drew Brees, Mike Thomas, and Alvin Kamara. 
Okay, at two, explosive, very explosive uh, offensive attack, always has been. Spread game is stupid. You know Michael Thomas, Thomas is going to get his yards. You know Alvin is going to get yards out of the backfield while also taking carries. And you know Drew is going to put it on the money. At number three, give me the Dallas Cowboys. And I, and I know I might get a little flack for this one, but believe it or not, they led the NFL in total yards off, on offense, period. Uh Dak is going to throw the ball. He threw for almost 4,000, 5,000 last year. You give me Zeke, going to give me 1,000 easy. And then you got Coop out there out wide, going to give you 1,000 easy. That's a nice little three. Okay, so that's why I got Dallas at number three. At number four, give me Tampa. Okay, and this one hasn't came together yet. But off the projections, we're going to lock them in at number four. Tampa, Tampa, Brady, uh, Mike Evans at number two. And then give me Chris Godwin. Okay, so that, that three right there is going to be ridiculous. Okay, you got the deep ball, 50-50 ball catcher in Mike Evans and the do-it-all receiver in Chris Godwin. I think they're going to put up a lot of numbers, numbers in the bay this year. And at number five, give me Lamar Jackson, Mark Ingram, and Hollywood Brown. Um, They were second in overall offense. A lot of people saying that they don't throw the ball like that, but they do. And when they do, it's deep or it's to them tight ends. I think Hollywood Brown will have a great year this year because, like I say, last year he said that he played the whole year with a fractured broken foot. So he's definitely going to bounce back this year and be more explosive than he already was. So that's my top five. So before we get out of here, man, I've almost got up out of here without recapping the whole workout sessions with Tom Brady and A.B. I've been sitting in here running my mouth, man. But check this out, man. It was one of the, the greatest experiences as a shooter so far that I've that, that I've experienced, you know, Um First off, working with A.B., he's a technician. Forget what everybody else says about him off the field. On the field, that man is is blessed. He's physically gifted at the point of attack, man. His route running is is, is amazing. It really is. Like, the amount of, of time that he doesn't waste on the line, dancing or getting up the field or getting in and out of his breaks and in and out of his cuts is crazy. And, and one thing that I, I did see, his endurance is like that. He's trying to be in shape. Man, out there running in full pads for real, <laughs> with a helmet on, y'all. It's crazy, and it's, it's wild. One of the one of the funny things that me and uh, Shador was talking about is how he doesn't look. So as a quarterback, it kind of makes it somewhat hard for you to throw it to him because you got to put it out there because he likes to run up under that thing and go get it. So it's crazy, especially when he runs his nine routes and his posts. Is it, they're so explosive off the line. He may dance with you for a second, but he's he's strong and he's fast. And and another thing is like. It's wild when you when you look at guys on TV, you know, you expect them to be so big in person, but man, like, bro, he's not that much bigger than me. You know what I'm saying? Like, I, to be honest, which just goes to show you how crazy he is. You know what I'm saying? This man is a regular, regular human being, going by people, running by people, breaking tackles. Like, he's a beast. So salute AB. Now moving on to Brady, man, that Brady experience for one was just crazy because y'all already know. I got a special emotional uh, attachment to Brady, though, because the Jaguars were supposed to beat them in 2017, if y'all don't know that. We had them in the AFC Championship pit. We just couldn't finish the deal, and Miles Jack was not down. But being able to talk to both A.B. and uh, Brady about playing the Jaguars had to be the coolest experience of my life, because you got to know that I was right there watching both games live, breaking down both of those guys in both of those games, and they both had great games. So that moment was crazy. And just to experience Brady's work ethic up close, he's an extremely humble guy. But it almost felt like, you know, how people were talking about being around Michael Jordan during the Last Dance documentary. That's kind of how I felt. He has a real aura up to him. 
you know, being around them up close, you get that real championship aura. I know that just sounds crazy. We we only just was working out, but you just want to be a winner. You want to go hard around them. You know what I'm saying? Like he invited some receivers out to come catch and throw with us, but everybody just was moving a little bit faster when Brady talked to him. If that if, if that makes sense, you know, people have hold them to a higher standard and a higher respect that they got for him. So it's it's really dope to see that up close. But for him to he's a super down to earth dude, but he's a competitor. You know, even we were just comp competing, just doing regular, you know, uh, QB drills in, in a private workout. He was competing, trying to get better. And that's crazy that he's 20 years in still pushing himself, you know. So, like, it just showed me just being around those guys that even after it, after they experienced all this success, they still pushing, trying to find a new height, still trying to get and correct all the, you know, things that they have wrong in their game. You know, after all that success, still showing that it's room for improvement. So that just that just made me, you know, understand that, like, no matter where you get at as a creator, as an entrepreneur, that it's always room for improvement. You know what I'm saying? And it's not going to stop. You know, you may get to a point to where things are moving, moving smoothly, but there's always room to grow. And the moment that you realize that you can't grow no more is it was when you losing out you. You gotta always learn. You gotta always add something to the arsenal, add something to the palette. You gotta get better out here. You know what I'm saying? But hey, that's the first show back, man. And I'm looking at the time, I'm like, oh, this was a quick show. But we don't got too much to talk about. But hey, my guys, I need y'all to check me out, whoever listening. Tap in with me and get with me on the call-in show. Let's jump in on the call-in show and let's dive in this week. Talk to me about your top 15 NBA players under 25. Talk to me about your NFL trios or whatever's on your mind. Whatever topics. We can talk college football. You know, we got that coming up. We got a lot of elite time topics coming up the docket, man. But I really appreciate y'all for checking in with me and taking time out of your day on this happy Father's Day, man. Shout out to all my fathers out there doing it big. Man, y'all enjoy the rest of your day, man, and be blessed. And remember to always trust God. And after that, man, bet on yourself, man. It's your boy, Mind Lot. Appreciate y'all. Yo.